Victory Podcast. The boys are 2-0 for the first time since 2008. So I know we're all pumped up about that. Uh, sole possession of first place in the AFC South, the Tennessee Titans hold it. Um, welcome into the Second and Victory Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Second and Victory. Uh, my name is Austin Nelson. I'm joined by my co-host, Brett Bachelor and Chris Carter. What's up, fellas? What's going on? How's it going? Good to have welcome you back, back this week, Austin. Austin. Yep. I, <laughs> love. I appreciate that. Yeah, man, was at the beach last week on vacation, and uh, it was, you know, somewhat of a vacation. We were in Panama City, Florida, so the hurricane came, and I don't know, whoever's listening, have you, you know, been through a hurricane before, but it's it's different. You know, the hurricane winds are serious, um, and it wasn't as bad as a, you know, Category 4, Category 5, something that's a lot more dangerous, but uh, it was intense for sure, so, but uh, the podcast was great. Y'all sounded great, and uh, I hate that I missed it, but. Um, glad I'm back this week. So we'll kind of dive into it. And uh, Jacksonville Titans pull off a win uh, again, 33 to 30 to go to two and over the first time since 2008, which is mind-boggling to me. There's been so many years in the past where the week two game is, is somebody easy or it's a division rival and they can never you know play up to it. But they finally get Jacksonville and uh, a great win. They Looked great in the first quarter, the first play, uh, the first half, and then it kind of went downhill from there. So just all in all, Brett, what were your thoughts about the game? Uh, all in all, happy overall. Um, happy with the way that the game played out. Happy to see that the Titans are are 2-0 again, like you said, for the first time since 2008. I loved if, – if this would have been my prediction for, for week one about the offense blowing it out and going downfield immediately, then that would have been really cool. But – I still love seeing the offense open it up because I love seeing the Titans score early and score quick because this is a team that honestly probably needs to get on the board quick and early because we've seen the Titans be behind early in games so often. You don't like being able to play catch up. So I, I loved seeing the offense open it up, three play drive, go down seven nothing. And, and like you said, first time since 2008, honestly, it just feels good to be 2 0 yet again. Yeah, it does. And I, I think it's uh, also big that we're already 1 0 in the division. Um, so we have a leg up there. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy to think that uh, I wasn't even legal drinking age last time that the Titans won or the Titans won their first two games. Um, but here we are, and it feels good. It feels really good. Yeah, Chris, we weren't either, but you already right. did that. Yeah, so I'm the, I'm the old one on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> for sure. Nobody knows that, though. Now that we're doing Zoom, I guess they can see it now, but uh, nobody knew it before. Uh, but yeah, I was uh, I was impressed. The first quarter, they came out fired up. Tannehill looked good. Johnny Smith looked good. Corey Davis looked good. The running game is still eh. The run blocking looks eh. And I mean, we knew that last year too. It's a big cause of concern right now. How Derrick Henry is second in the league in rushing blows my mind. It's it, it's mind boggling to me. But he's getting you know those twenty five plus carries a game. He's getting the seven. Six, five, six, six, five yards. He just he hasn't broke the long one yet, but I'm sure that's coming at some point. Um, but uh, I'm impressed so far with Corey Davis. I've been high on Corey Davis since he was drafted. I love Corey Davis, and so he's looked good so far. But I guess he has to be. Um, AJ Brown didn't play last week, and then the week before that, AJ Brown was just kind of non-existent. So he stepped up when his name's called. So I've been I've been impressed with that. Stephen Goskowski makes a few hey, kicks. Yeah. Sunday, one before half, um, and then Mr. PAT. I mean, think, just think about it this way. 
for a team that has had the the awful look that we have had over the last you know season plus, uh, we're only two and zero because of game winning field goals. Yes, which is crazy. <laughs> Bizarre, because I mean, the, the Titans have been so good at you know making drives happen and, and scoring and executing in the red zone, and now they're kind of stalling at times and needing uh, Goskowski to, to come up clutch. So thank God he's, you know, Denver game. The game should have been a lot different, and it shouldn't be as close as it was, but it happened, and so he made the, the most important kick that counted, and then last week as well. So. Um, if he misses two, as long as he makes that last one to, to win the game, that's all. I think that's all we care about as fans. So, um, other than that, um, anything else that y'all took away from the game? Uh, I was a little disappointed in the defense. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Go uh, ahead, going Chris. back to you, you were talking about Derek earlier. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't think run blocking has been great, obviously, uh, but considering that. Jaguars constructed their defense specifically to stop Derrick. I mean, that was pretty much their – they didn't want to be Derrick Henry's whipping boy anymore. Um, and the fact that they clearly in that game sold out to stop Derrick, the fact that he earned every single yard that he earned, I think is extremely promising for, for what he's going to do the rest of the season. For sure. Uh, a couple things that alarmed me, and this happened more, I guess, in the second half, but uh, the Jags pretty much – whoop the Titans in every single category. If you look at it, first downs, um, total plays, total yards, yards per play, passing yards. Minshew, I mean, guys, Minshew put up 339 yards on 45 passes. Minshew's nice. Minshew is Minshew's nice. nice. And this, I mean, Minshew beat the Titans once already. If you guys remember last year, that awful game, Mariota played in Jacksonville on that Thursday night. Minshew, I mean, that was kind of the Minshew mania is when it all happened there, um, the beginning of it. So, Minshew's not, I'm with you, Brett. Minshew's nice. I, don't, I have no problem with Minshew. I'm not mad that Minshew put up those kind of yards against the Titans. I think he's going to do it to a lot more teams this year. Um, James Robinson, their starting running back, an undrafted rookie, um, came to play. Has potential. Yeah, he's got potential too. And I mean, the Jets. He's, he's for guy. sure. Like, if you're looking for a fantasy play, he's going to be. He's a, I think he's a solid flex option. And if you're really desperate, he's going to have to be your running back too because uh, he's getting a majority of the touches. So. Um, just a couple of things. Time of possession as well. Um, beat the Titans by just about six minutes. So uh, the Titans cut down the penalties this week, and uh, they won the takeover um, turnover margin. So that's always a, a win too. But just some things the Titans can clean up definitely for uh, Sunday at Minnesota. But uh, yeah, that big time of possession swing uh, came in right at the start of the second half. They, I think, they possessed for what eight minutes that drive to, to start an eighty-nine yard drive. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, hashtag not good. So, but uh, a win is a win is a win. We'll always we'll always scream that. And uh, the Titans walk away two and zero, oh. oh, top of the division. And I got some help. The Texans lost to the Ravens. Colts did beat the Vikings, um, but we'll talk about that in a minute. So, um, Chris, we'll start with you. Just through two weeks, we have two games under our belt. Sides are two and zero, oh, but. They haven't been the prettiest wins. In your opinion, how do you think the Titans look through two weeks? Um, you know, I think, like like I was saying about Derek and the offense, they they clearly sold out to stop Derek. Uh, and the fact that Tannehill was able to come out and do what he did, um, throwing four touchdowns and, and really making the offense run without 
that strong support of a of a really good Derek game uh, speaks volumes about what this offense is capable of. Um, when Derek's not there to to tote the rock, Tannehill's Tannehill's slinging it, uh, and that's huge. Um, we have a we have a multi dimensional offense. Um, on the other side of the ball, uh, I don't know who's calling plays. I don't think any of us really, you know, none of us know who's calling plays. But it's concerning. Uh, yeah. The the fall off that this defense has seen with arguably better talent, um, but with just the loss of Dean Pease, uh, is it's 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 been underwhelming so far. Um, there's no reason this defense should be playing. I think as bad as it has been playing, um, based on the the talent and also the players that are still here from last year. I mean, the majority of the defense. Uh, return from last year with the exception of two starters. Um, so, I don't know. I think that that's obviously the biggest concern right now is is the defense getting on track. I think to me, and I think this is a, a positive, a huge positive for the Titans because to me, and with all the things that Chris just noted, they still are a top five team in the AFC. And and that's without working out all these kinks. Like, like, Chris just noted in Austin, you mentioned a couple of ones earlier with the run blocking and the run game. The Titans are a top five team in the AFC. And despite them being ugly wins, it shows just how much more potential that there is. Now, you obviously, Kansas City and Baltimore are, are one and two in the AFC. Based on, how, based on how the first two weeks have started this year, you can flip-flop back and forth if you want to put Buffalo three, Tennessee three, or, or Pittsburgh three. Any of those teams are three, four, and five. But the thing to me, though, is as bad as it looks, as bad as it has looked at times for the Titans, and as good as it looked, they are still a top five, top five team in the AFC without a doubt, sitting at two and zero. For sure, I think that we can all agree on that. I mean, the Raiders as they looked pretty good Monday night, but um, I think they had so much to play for in the new stadium and wanted to to kind of prove a point and make a statement. So I think it was easy to kind of see. Uh, and they, they barely beat a Carolina team the week before. So still not all sold on the Raiders. I still think you're right, Brett. The Titans are a top five team where you want to put them. I guess it's who you ask, but definitely there. Um, a couple numbers for you. And this is on the offensive side. They're 18th in yards per game and 17th in points per game. So just kind of a middle-of-the-road offense right now. I haven't really peaked just yet like we thought they would and, and come out um, – Firing, played a lot better last week on offense. Um, but the defense side, again, is where we talked about it, is more concerning. 25th in yards per game and uh, 13th in points per game. So, and that kind of helped with week one in Denver, um, only giving up uh, 14 points. 14, I think. So, where would our where would our offensive numbers fall if if we didn't leave those 11 points on the on the field? from the field goal unit though. I feel like we'd be in a much, a much higher standing on in our uh, offensive scoring per game. It would most likely be because everybody's cut the Packers right now are averaging 42 and a half points per game. It's ridiculous. That stupid, that's stupid, bro. That's, that's like, dumb. that's like bad numbers. So um, <laughs> I saw that and I was just kind of like, wow, that's, that's impressive. But uh, I, Chris, if I had to guess from looking at it earlier, eight through, you know, 17 was three or four points difference. Not, not that big, if I can remember correctly. So I, I would say if, if those points are there in Denver, they're probably a top 13 offense in points. So not a huge difference, but 
it still looks good on paper. Um, I'm going to let Brett talk for a second. Brett has a, <laughs> he <tells laughs> his little rant he wants to talk about with Tannehill and Henry. So you, you got the floor, man. Week six of the 2019 season is when we saw Ryan Tannehill come in and, and take over the offense and become the official quarterback of the Tennessee Titans. Right after then is when we saw Derrick Henry completely take over the offense and lo and behold, be officially became King Henry and became a top three running back in the National Football League. Ever since last season, people were asking, hey, have the Titans paid the right guy? Did they need to give Derrick Henry more money? Did they need to bring in Tom Brady? The Titans regressed in the offseason. Is this what they need to do? So far this year, Derrick Henry has 56 rushes for 200 yards. Austin, like you said, it, but it does not look like that at all. He's only averaging 3.6 yards per carry. His longest run is only 14 yards, only has nine first downs, and he has yet to run for a touchdown so far in the first two weeks of the season. So you look at those, and people say, hey, this Titans offense completely re- revolves around Derrick Henry. This is his offense. You see all the jokes out there about people picking up a football, pretending to be Ryan Tannehill, and then just giving it off somebody else, and that person's Derrick Henry. All the jokes about Tannehill can't throw, but it's now time, I think, to put respect on the name of Ryan Timothy Tannehill. This is the guy that has completely taken over the locker room in Nashville. He has the leader. He has the backship of his team. Everybody follows him in that entire locker room. You may not see it on the field, but you can tell in the locker room and at practice, he has the respect of his general manager, of his coaches, of his owners, of the players, and the fans. He has the respect of everybody. So far this year, Ryan Tannehill is 47 of 67, completing 70% of his passes. He's thrown for 488 yards, averaging 7.3 yards per throw. He's thrown six touchdowns to four different receivers in the first two games. He has a QBR of almost 86. Last week alone, Derrick Henry took forever to get going. Austin, you noted earlier, he is about two, three yards on each carry. Then he falls to the ground, can't break off the big run. So you look at that, you're like, hey, Derrick Henry's getting shut down. Titans are probably going to lose the game. Instead, it was the complete opposite. Derrick Henry got shut down, and the Titans still put up 34 points, and that is because of Ryan Tannehill. In that game, Tannehill, 18 of 24. You can't get much more efficient than that. 239 yards for two touchdowns, averaging 10 yards of throw, threw to six different receivers. And so far this season, he's thrown it to nine different guys overall, which tells you that he has good rapport with every single person he drops back to throw the football to. If this is Ryan Tannehill's football team, Nobody wants to say it, but I'm sitting here and I'm going to say it right now. This is Tannehill's football team, and he is the leader of it, and it's time to put some respect on his name. Preach. Uh, I was, uh, I'm was i a big Colin Cowherd guy. I don't know if you guys are, but every time I'm at home working, I watch Colin Cowherd, and um, he does these segments where Joy Taylor asks him, are you in or are you out? So she brought up the Titans. I believe it was yesterday. And he said, I'm in. He said, I the proof is in the pudding. I can't keep doubting Ryan Tannehill. In his last, you know, since he took over, he has 28 touchdowns and five interceptions. The stats are there. I can't keep doubting Ryan Tannehill because he's obviously a good quarterback and his system, Arthur Smith, has him in. It must have been Miami. And so I think people are starting to see that because his numbers have been so consistent. I don't. We haven't really seen a bad game from Tannehill since probably Carolina of last yep. year. And, and, and check, check this stat out, too. Check this stat out, too. This was put up by Jim Wyatt earlier today. So this stat right here from Jim Wyatt, the players with the most consecutive games with at least two touchdown passes and one or fewer interceptions in NFL history. First off, in 2011, Aaron Rodgers went 13 games. Second, 2010-2011, so it went over two seasons, was Tom Brady. He did it with 11. 
two seasons ago, 2017, 2018, Phillip Rivers did it in, in 10 games. And then fourth in NFL history with most consecutive games with two touchdowns or one or less interception is Ryan Tannehill. And he's currently doing it with nine games in a row right now. And he has yet to throw an interception yet this season. So Ryan Tannehill is an efficient quarterback and he's definitely the leader of this team. And he's definitely the reason the Titans are 2-0 right now. And he's got swag. Yeah, he does. Yeah, and he's just- got swag. I, a tweet. Uh, I, I fell in love with this tweet. So, first of all, just a little backstory. Um, Roger Saffold said that uh, whenever Tannehill stood in and threw that touchdown pass to Adam Humphreys, uh, Saffold said he heard Tannehill get up and he said, <laughs> and one. And I love that. Yeah, bro, I heard that earlier today. And so I, I want to read this tweet. This is from Joe Rexroad uh, with The Athletic. Roger, Sa- Roger Saffold heard the and one from Tannehill after the touchdown pass to Humphreys, ran to the end zone, and asked everyone else if they heard it. They did. Saffold said, that's pretty much the coolest thing I've ever heard on a football field. <laughs> that is so cool. Especially us being all big basketball fans. Yeah, yeah. Like that, I mean, it's – I don't know about y'all, but like anytime I do this with my friends today, like just I would like if I bump into them by accident, if I'm going to a trash can, hit them in one. I mean, it's something we do all the yeah. time. It's just one of those things. If you're a sports fan, a basketball fan, you say that just to be funny. And so, yeah, you're right. I mean, it, and it was almost like that throw. If you guys remember, he threw the long ball to AJ Brown at Oakland last year. Um, he got hit, and I mean, the ball was just it came out perfectly at the same time. It was almost the same kind of play. But uh, yeah, the in one thing is it's hilarious. You're right, Chris. Tan Hill's got swag. The, the 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 jump ball kind of thing he does in the end zone after he scores it's just it's just he's got so much charisma to him I love the guy and uh, I mean he week after week he kind of proves us wrong and you're you're waiting to see him mess up and he's yet to do it so and he doesn't have to be hold on Brett he doesn't have to be the the flashy quarterback that's putting up the 350 the 400 he's the game manager he's he's a general manager of that offense he does what we need. Because you have Derrick Henry, you don't have to be you don't have to be you know extraordinary play after play. You have that guy in the backfield. Go ahead. And, and for years too, when when you've had a Titans quarterback drop back, like like sometimes when Marcus would drop back or or when Met would drop back, I I would freeze in my seat because I'm like I have no idea where this football is going and I have no idea with what's going to happen. When Tannehill gets when Tannehill drops back and even when he's getting pressured, I I don't really get nervous. I don't like when Marcus would, would when Marcus would air one out sixty yards down the field, which honestly we didn't see very often. Which I love that Tannehill does. Yeah. I got nervous when Marcus would air it out like that because we didn't know if it was going to be dropped in there. We didn't know if it was in the right coverage. With Tannehill, every time he drops deep, it seems like if it, even if it's not completed, it was the right decision. So when Tannehill drops back, I don't get as nervous as I have with past quarterbacks. You know, I think this speaks volumes about Tannehill, and I also think it speaks volumes about uh, the pass the pass rush uh, win rates right now. Uh, these this offensive line is winning their battles uh, when protecting Tannehill, and that's huge. Um, I believe I saw today that uh, Ben Jones and Nate Davis are both top ten in their pass rush, pass rush win rate this season. Uh, so to have you know. Two of our – well, Nate, I guess Nate's ben, – Ben's pretty stable. But Nate's really, you know, a, a question mark for us uh, as, a, as a really young uh, offensive lineman. To have him pretty pretty solid in that category is huge. And um, if Tannehill trusts his O-line to protect him, that just gives him even more time because he knows that he can stand in that pocket even longer, just like he did on that hump throw. 
Uh, he waited to the very last second to throw that one and put it on the money and hump closed on it. Hump speed yeah, he did. closing on that was incredible. Um, no, I was just going to say the, the video, uh, we, I, we tweeted the highlight out at second of victory of he's, he's the separation he creates first when he makes the turn, um, he cuts out of the route and then he's in the end zone or close to the end zone and he looks to see where the safety is and it looks back and he just looks at the ball perfectly. I think that, that was the coolest part about the whole play is that he, he, he took his eyes off the ball and came back to it. Yeah. He, he tracked the ball, stopped tracking the ball and then started tracking the ball again, which is, I mean, that's talent in and of itself. For sure. For sure. Humphrey's got some swag to him too. He does. This whole team's got some swag for to sure. him, honestly. Absolutely. Tennessee tough. <laughs> what they like to say. Um, again, follow us on Twitter at Second of Victory. Um, we are brought to you by Broadway Sports Media. Uh, follow them on Twitter at BroadwayTN and get us on uh, BroadwaySportsMedia.com so you can find our podcast as well as football and other F words, um, the flex for all those fantasy football people right now who are – I mean, I'm sure your teams have probably got beat up this year, guys, with, with injuries in and out of your lineups. Whoever it is, Saquon, Michael I'm, Thomas. I'm chilling. Are you? You're good? Bro, I'm, bro, I've had – I don't know how I've done it, but I'm in four leagues. I have had no injuries so far, and I'm 2-0 in every single league so far. Don't know how Actually, it's happened, but I'm, I'm taking in the same it. Boat. I'm, uh, I'm in one league. I, when I had the baby, I decided to go down to one league. Yeah. Uh, but it's a it's a 10-year keeper league with IDPs. Uh, it's a pretty intense league. Uh, and this weekend, I had the highest scoring single game in league history. That's crazy. How many points? <laughs> Uh, 206. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And Tannehill and John Hill were a part of that. I don't want to shit on you, Chris, but I put up 228 this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's a two quarterback <laughs> league, though. A, I had Dak and I, a, I, I was going to say, scoring, scoring has to be scoring. for sure. I, it's a two quarterback league. And I had Dak, uh, who put up 40, Tannehill put up 33 or 30, and then Aaron Jones said 44. So that was kind of my big name players there. But yeah, I couldn't believe it either. When I saw that, everybody was kind of, wowing me about that one but um yeah you can get the flex on broadwaysportsmedia.com um home run throwback throwback with jimmy morris so a lot of good stuff so make sure you go check that out again broadwaysportsmedia.com um so guys 2-0 they have the minnesota vikings this week i'll just i'll just ask the question two words trap game no way no way no. Uh, I'll let you start then. Why, why not? We'll, we'll kind of dive into that. You know, the, I think the Vikings, they're not an 0-2 team. Uh, I mean, you know, they, they did have a lot of, you know, overturning of, of the roster and stuff. Some sure. key things happened. Obviously losing Diggs, uh, well, trading Diggs. Um, but – and then some key changes on that defense. I think Anthony Barr is a huge loss for yeah, the season. Yeah, for sure. Uh, great linebacker. Um but you know, I, I I don't think I don't think this is the type of team that's going to view anybody as a as a as a walkover or anything. Um, you know, Tannehill's Tannehill's not even a one game at a time kind of guy. He's a one play at a time kind of guy. So, uh, I, you know, this team will be ready, and the the Vikings are going to put up a fight. Yeah, Dalvin Cook's on that team. He's gonna he's gonna run the ball well. Um, Kirk Cousins at some point is going to figure out. How to how to get the ball in his receivers' hands again? Um, but I, you know, I, I think it's going to be a tough game. Um, I think we'll be very lucky to go three and zero, especially with how our defense is played. Um, but I I definitely know that we're capable of it. So, 
Yeah, I mean, it's. I think if there are fans in Minnesota, it'd be a much different atmosphere than what's than what it's going to be like because that's that can be a very tough place to play. But I, this is a huge game for the Titans because if they were to get to three and zero, obviously that'd be huge. But you look at the upcoming schedule. Pittsburgh comes to town week four. That's already a tough battle enough as it is right there. Right after that, Buffalo comes to town, and then Houston comes to town. So it's a tough – and Houston's not an 0-2 team either because Deshaun Watson, we know what Deshaun Watson can do. So you have teams like that coming up. Um, it's Obviously, it's not a must-win game for the Titans, but you're looking at a tough, tough schedule. I mean, you have you go Minnesota, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Houston, and then you have a bye. Those are four very tough games leading up to the bye. Now, it helps that three of them are at home, but the Titans are going to have to play good this week if they want to keep their momentum on into the bye week here soon. For sure. I, I see I, – I like both of your points. One, Minnesota is not a no two team, Chris. You're right. They are a very good football team who's just played bad so far. Um, they went to the divisional round last year. Like, this is, a, this is a good football team. Kirk Cousins just kind of lost his mojo at the moment. He's having a tough start, two touchdowns, four picks. But I don't hate it. Like, maybe the mojo lasts one more week. Maybe he, he has another bad game this week. And so, the Titans cannot take – you know, look over – the Vikings, I, I saw a quote today. I, I believe Southfold said it and said, um, you know, we're, we're, we're acting like we're an 0-2 team. Like we're looking for our first win, and I love that. Um, every every single week you have to stand your P's and Q's and um, be ready for any opponent, no matter what the record is. So um, they still have Dalvin Cook, still a solid running back who can who can break a run at any point in the game. Um, a, still a, a, a solid defense. You have to watch out for Yannick. Um, Everson Griffin will not be there. I'm sorry. Um Daniel Hunter will not be here. Yeah, I apologize. Yeah. Griffin was there for so long, I forgot about him. Um, yes, <laughs> Daniel Hunter will not play. He's on IR. So their, their defense is, is beat up, kind of in the same position as ours. You're not fully healthy. Um, so this is a Minnesota team who who is, is hungry. They want their first win. And so um, it's going to be interesting. Especially as, especially as bad as they looked last week against Indianapolis. Too. Yeah, for sure. Wanna, wanna, and they didn't look great against – Against uh, Green Bay, either. And no. um, in there, in I mean, if you're looking at it now, um, a lot of players questionable for Sunday, just like the Titans are. Um, will AJ Brown play? Will Malcolm Butler be healthier than what it, than what he was last week? Chris Jackson. Yeah, that's something. That's something. Yeah, that's Chris practice today. Malcolm was full practice today, which is good. But uh, Chris Jackson's hurt. Obviously, we already know Dory's out. Or no, I'm sorry, Jonathan Joseph was full practice today. Malcolm was out. Yeah. Um, so, and, but we know, we know Jonathan Joseph has to be feeling a little something because he came out of the game. Um, so secondary is getting kind of beat up, especially at, at the corner position. Um, they still got Adam Thielen on that, on that offense. So that's a guy that, that can, that can take advantage of a, of a, a low tier corner. For sure. Um, so, you know, th- that's a big concern for me is our, our cornerback position, um, uh, Nickelback as well if Chris Jackson's out. I think he's played pretty well this season considering he's a seventh-round rookie. Uh, he kind of got thrust into the role early on. So, um, you know, we we got to make some plays in the secondary to, to really ensure. I, I, I'm, I majorly applaud Kenny Baccaro for his excellent game last week. He had a ton of tackles. But that's a problem that the players are getting to the secondary that much uh, for him to be leading the team in tackles. A hundred percent. I agree. And uh, to kind of piggyback off that, like I mentioned earlier, the Titans are 25th in yards per game right now, giving up 401 per game. I guess the good news is the Vikings are 28th. They're giving up 438 a game. So this is a defense that's been gashed as well. Um, 
if if you give me a second, I will tell you that um, they're bad on the ground as well. They are 27th in rushing yards per game. So, Brett, I was going to mention this later, but I'll kind of go ahead and talk about it now. This is a get perfect game for Derrick Henry to get it going and start a game where he has fantasy owners happy. He has Titans fans happy and finally gets his touchdown, if not two. I think Henry already has too many rushes on the season. That's just me personally. Like I don't want to see Derek have, you know, at the end of the year he was just over 300 yards, 300 carries at the end of the season. I don't want to see him have 300 carries by week 12. That's not what you want your starting running back, and I doubt the Titans will let him do that. But Evans is a running back who can play, get eight, nine, ten snaps a game, and so I would like to see him finally start getting some of those. But if we're gonna go ahead and call our bowl predictions, we can go ahead and talk about that. I'm gonna go ahead and, and just say Derek Henry two touchdowns rushing. Attack has 170 yards. 170. 170. Uh, it's a bold oh, prediction. 70, bro. You are going bold. But see, but I, I like to see it though because this is a this is a controlled environment indoors. No fans. This is definitely a environment sure. that he can sure. thrive in. Sure. He doesn't have to worry about the weather. It's turf. Fit on it nicely. I I I'd love it. I mean, I'm all for it. It's bold prediction. I'm I'm all for it. I'm all for it. That's bold. How does Derek run on turf? I'm trying to think of a game. He ran, he ran well. He ran. He runs well in Houston. Houston, Houston that game in Houston where well he Houston. went he went crazy. Houston, he I think he he played well in Indy. He does run when, yeah. we, when the Titans won there last year. That's true. I can't remember who else. There aren't, there aren't, many, there aren't many dome games that the Titans play in. No. Indy, Houston, twice a year, your locks. But other than that, you might have to get lucky yeah. and find a Minnesota or a. LA. Arizona or somebody like that. LA yeah. now. So um he's not bad in surf. We just don't see him enough on the surf. So yeah, I'm gonna go I like him in cold weather. Cold weather. I like Derek Henry like at ninety five degrees or twenty five <laughs> degrees. He's gonna find a way to get it done regardless. Um all right, so I'm gonna go two two touchdowns and I'll lower it. I'll go one fifty. Hundred and fifty yards. Hundred and fifty yards. One seventy is kinda high. I like it. I, I mean, I, we know he's capable, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. Uh, especially hearing that they're twenty seventh against the run. That's a. That's yeah. kind of setting him up for success. For sure. Hopefully. Um. You know, it's one of one of the things that I really liked last week was uh, was Jonu Smith's play. Uh, I think Jonu is going to go over one hundred and twenty yards and two touchdowns. Woo! I like it. 120 and two touchdowns. Uh, so last week we saw the Titans. We saw three, at least three different people score a touchdown last week. You saw Adam Humphreys. You saw Corey Davis. We saw Jonu Smith. I'm going to say that we see at least three more Titans score again this week as well. Um, and I'm going to say that – I'm going to say that, that – mm, it's bold prediction. I'm going to say that, that – Three of them are all touchdown passes as well. I, I can see I can see the Titans scoring. Last week I said the Titans would put up twenty four plus. I can definitely see it again this week. So I, I can definitely see Derek running for a touchdown or two, but I can definitely see Tannehill throwing for at least three touchdowns again this week. So I I would like to say two, but it's a bold prediction and, and you gotta be bold. So I'm gonna say it's it's at least three again this week from, from Ryan Tannehill. I like that it. would put him at what nine on the season, right? Yes, yeah, nine. Nine, nine, nine three, three, three games. Nine. When was the last yeah. time that happened for a Titans quarterback? <laughs> Steve McNair. 
gotta be. Maybe, probably. Billy Bullet has to be. <laughs> Billy Bullet. Maybe. Yeah, Rusty probably. Smith. Rusty Smith never did that. <laughs> Met- Mettenberger never did that. Locker never did that. I don't think Rusty None Smith has guys. a career to no. he, Probably not. Rusty Seriously. Smith had a touchdown pass to Randy, to Randy Moss that was called back on a on a BS yeah. pass interference. I'll never forget that play. I won't either. I will never I won't forget either. that play. I was I there. Either. I was there for it too. Jeez, Randy Moss, man. I'll never forget where I was when he was signed. I remember oh, like dude, when he – I was in a class at MTSU. I was. I just got out of high school. Like, just like the 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 bell rang. I got the notification on my phone, and I ran just down the hallway. I was in a class, and I audibly gasped. And the professor said, <gasps> "Everything all right?" And I was like, "Yeah, yes, sir." He was like, "No, tell me what is it?" And I was like, "We just got Randy Moss," and the whole class was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's funny. So the Titans are two and a half point favorites in Minnesota. Um, that line sounds about right for those betting people out there. Um, but Titans should go in there and get it done, like Brett talked about a minute ago. Um, the schedule does not get easier after this week. It's going to go Pittsburgh, like we talked about this. You know, if the Titans are a top five team, they're about to play three and four. They're about to play four and five, and so um, Pittsburgh at home. Which there will be fans there. Yes. I think you guys have seen on Twitter about the whole crap going on about season ticket members and getting season tickets. Yeah. And the, the there's, if you guys can go look on Ticketmaster right now, it's just a huge mess of how high and expensive they are. So that's a different story about that. But talk to V Love about that on Twitter. He uh, has some not kind words to say about the ticket sales department right now. But um, yeah, fans will be there. So that's some sort of advantage. And um, and then Buffalo the week after. And then Houston. So uh, three AFC opponents coming up after Minnesota. And we'll kind of talk about that in the coming weeks. But um, you would think by week six, Titans, you would think uh, by week six that Houston would have it rolling by then. You would think. Or we know who Houston is, and they're not as good as That's we true. they thought. Because we've only played two games so far, but I think we know who Pittsburgh and Buffalo both are. Sure. sure. I, I mean, I, I think – if you look, give me a second. Pittsburgh plays – Houston this week. So, is Houston pissed off too and wants to get a dub finally? And, you know, if they beat Pittsburgh on the road, be a huge win for them. Kind of catalyst their, you know, their season and, and start it for them. And then Buffalo has the Rams at home. So, those are two teams, I'm just talking out loud here now, that are playing teams that are hungry. The Rams want to stay at the top of the NFC West, which is the best division of football at the moment. I think so, that's a huge advantage from Buffalo, though, being able to play that game in Buffalo. A huge advantage. For sure. For sure. I agree. And, and Pittsburgh as yes. well. Yep. But I wouldn't be surprised. and I'll, I'll go, I wouldn't be surprised if Houston wins. They find a way to, to sneak it out. Because Pittsburgh, they didn't look great against the Giants. And they didn't look great at times against Denver last week. It's their defenses that keep them in games. And, and – and, keeping opponents to a low score. So maybe the Texans get on track this week, but also would be surprised um, to see the Texans add 0 3 after this week. I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind if the Texans were 0 3. Wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind it at all. I mean I think it's pretty clear that through two weeks of the season the Jags are the second best team in the division. For which sure. Is, which is crazy. I mean, but the the Colts I wouldn't mind seeing the uh 
Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing the Jets beat the Colts Sunday, and I wouldn't mind seeing the Dolphins beat the Jags <laughs> Thursday night. Wouldn't mind that at all. Not one bit. I don't know if I don't know if the Jets are beating anybody as long as Adam Gase is there, though. It's bad, bro. Yeah, it's man. Bad. That's uh, yeah. There's three coaches right now that are on the hot seat. It's Dan Quinn, Adam Gase, and probably Matt yeah, Patricia. Completely agree. Who I would, all I would say are all the three worst coaches in the NFL. Over the last couple of seasons. hundred percent. You can't you can't tell me that the Lions shouldn't be two and zero right now. No. Honestly. Right, well, at they, least I mean they played at the least Packers one got one. high. They did. At least one in one. the second the second quarter in the second half, yeah, for sure. Um I think I think it speaks volumes that had that the Falcons have had some of the success they've had over the last five years. And I think that's players overcoming coaching. Uh, I don't think Dan Quinn is a good coach. I I don't, and I I think the last two seasons have, have really shown his his deficiencies as a coach. Uh, you know, Matt Patricia, it's a weird situation up there because he he's brilliant. I mean, we know he's a brilliant dude, but they just they can't put together the the complete team that they need to be able to win games, and it's wild because. You know, Matt Stafford is, I think, the most underrated quarterback in the NFL. I feel so bad for Matthew Stafford. He's been the unluckiest quarterback maybe ever. I mean, he's got, you either got to get him out of Detroit or get him some help because he's a, he's a fantastic I think, quarterback. I think that's why we all like Matthew Stafford more because he has stuck it out in Detroit. He hasn't complained one time. Um, he hasn't retired early. No, he hasn't retired. Really. He's, I mean, he's, he's struggled to get them in the playoffs, and when they do, they almost – I mean, the, almost win games. If you guys remember that Packers game a few years yep. back, 2013 or 14 probably. Probably should have won, um, won that one. It's just Stafford deserves to be out of Detroit. Um, but I don't think it's going to happen. No, he's going to stay He's, he's going to stick it out. I don't know. Forget how long his contract he's got left, but he signed a decent contract a few years back, and I think it made him at the time highest paid. The, the highest paid quarterback. So. And then obviously the market is is doubled since that happened, but um, thanks to Mahomes. But is there a team that has surprised you guys this season, either good or bad? I mean the Jags. I thought the Jags. Really? I thought, I thought the Jags were going to be bottom dwellers in the AFC, and that that offense is good, man. Uh, you know, as 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 much as uh, Minshew is is playing well and and Robinson's played well, those their three wide receivers are a solid little core. Uh, I'm I'm sorry, Chenault is that how you say his last name? Lavisca Chenault, yeah. Chenault, yeah. That that dude is fun to watch, and uh, I really yeah. like that they they were taking advantage of his skill set, moving moving him all over the offense. Um, but you know they're their core of our receivers is very young, uh, very good already. Um, and, you know, the the UDFA running back, that's huge uh, to get a contributor like that and as an undrafted free agent. Yeah. And then Minshew, you know, it, a lot of people think they're, they were going to tank for tank for Trevor, but maybe Minshew proves he's the guy there. To be honest with you, um, and this is not because we're playing him this week, but to me it's, it's, it's Minnesota. And that's be, I, it's Minnesota to me. And that's because everybody was saying, Austin, you noted earlier that they made it to the divisional round of the playoffs last year. They beat the Saints again in the playoffs. 
this is a team that was expected to compete with the Packers and to compete to win the AFC North. This is a team that, regardless of injuries, was probably expected to compete to get to the NFC Championship game. And the way that they looked – I mean, Kirk Cousins had, like, I think it was a 13-and-a-half QBR last week. 13-and-a-half. And we saw last week, yeah. I don't know if you guys saw the play, but he rolled out on a bootleg. He's almost to the sideline on the right side and throws it 80 yards down the field to the left side in double coverage, and there's an easy pick for Indianapolis. So I don't know what it is because I think Mike Zimmer's a fantastic coach uh, as a coordinator and as a head coach. And it, maybe it's Kirk Cousins. Maybe they just haven't gelled well through the first two weeks. I don't know what the problem is up there, but I definitely did not expect them to look like this the first two weeks of the season. I'm going to give you two teams. One, the Chicago Bears did not expect them to start 2-0 like they have. And they haven't looked great. I haven't watched much of the Bears, but I've seen highlights, and they haven't looked great. But you got to give props to Trubisky. All the noise in the offseason, um, they trade for Nick Foles and pick up that contract. I think is what's more telling about it. That's $21.5 million they picked up for their backup quarterback. Has there been a higher – Paid quarterback in a league at a, at a, in a single season than Nick Foles this year. I'm serious. Like, I, has that ever happened? It's 21 million dollars that he's getting paid to, to, to you know, bench. sit on the bench. It's crazy to me. It's so a lot. So they, I think they lose this week. They're playing the Falcons, and I think the Falcons are pissed off, and they finally get a win because they played two really good games this year, but have have come up on the losing side of it. So they're due for a win. Um, if they win that game, you got to start giving some respect to to Matt Nagy and the Bears and Trubisky for, for winning that. But the second team, and I was high on them before the year, and I'm still high on them, and I have Kyler Murray winning the MVP this year with the Cardinals. They good. The Cardinals they are for real. Good. They are legit. Really good. Really good. Offense is legit. Um, I think you can – I mean, I, Hopkins is, is playing out of his mind right now. And I don't want to say it's crazy what you can do when you give Hopkins a quarterback because Sean Watson was, was pretty good with him for many years. We know that as fans watching him twice a year at the Titans. And then even before that, Matt Schaub and who they had Brock Osweiler for a year or so. So we've seen DeAndre Hopkins beat DeAndre Hopkins for a long time, but Kyler is 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 giving him the ball. I mean, what he had fifteen catches last week. And it it also helps having a uh, another Hall of Fame wide receiver right across from you. Yeah, uh, Trent Sherfield. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, honestly, you can't you can't focus all your attention on on Hopkins when you have Fitzgerald right there. Uh, so uh, Hawkins is out of his mind right now. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think it was 15 catches week one, and then it was a bunch, it was a bunch last week too, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. But but Kyler's taking advantage of, of having two Hall of Fame receivers, uh, and they're that's a fun offense to watch. Austin, sure. you noted you you noted uh, quarterbacks and and their contracts this year. Now, Nick Foles might be making the most money, but the best quarterback contract this year is 100% Josh McCown. 100%. He's getting paid $12,000 a week. Twelve grand a week to sit on his couch in Texas. Yes. That's the best deal you could have Crazy. Think. That's the best deal you could think of. Crazy. And the best team-friendly quarterback deal this, oh, yeah. this season is For sure. Cameron Newton. Yes. Yeah. Man. 100%. Man, they, so what about him, man? What a story he's been. If he steps outside on Sunday night, the New England Patriots are two and zero. If he steps outside in the last play of the game, hundred percent. Yes. Why did he not see the pylon? Yes. I'm glad it didn't happen. I had to. I had the Seahawks minus four. <laughs> thank God. Um, but yeah, if you look at the angle, you're right. You're hundred percent correct, Brett. If he literally just hops it outside, he's it's a touchdown. He's gonna he's gonna walk in. 
but he didn't. He just he, he runs the play and goes straight up the middle and, and gets stuff, gets flipped. So, but Cam, yeah, I mean, I, I do think through two games, it'd be hard. And it's, it's super early in the season. It'd be hard for the Patriots not to re-sign Cam Newton. You, I would have, you to. have to. I would think. Let's start, I, I guess, building around Cam again. You got to give him some weapons because he's doing a lot with, with little yeah, right now. So, yeah, I, think, I think the other night he was out of 460 offensive yards. He accounted for 440 of them. I mean, crazy. Uh, which is with no James White. Insane. If people really thought Jared Siddham should start, <laughs> that's what's mind-boggling to me. As soon as Cam happened that you know was signed, I was like, "Stop with the Jared Siddham talk! Quit." He might be a great guy, a good locker room dude, but it's never happening. It's not going to happen. So Titans, Vikings, week three in Minnesota, new kickoff CBS in the icy whites. That's the most important thing about this entire podcast. Stormtroopers. The icy whites. I cannot wait to watch yeah, them finally close out. I was excited to get that Bridges report today. <laughs> For sure, I was. I thought it would come yesterday, but uh, when I saw it happen today, I was excited to see that too. Um, we haven't seen Tannehill really in, in the icy whites. He was a backup last time they wore him last year in Atlanta, but he wore. I don't know if you guys saw it. He wore a a white sleeve today in practice. If he pulls the white sleeve out, is he going to go full white? Yo, I might get Ten Hill tatted on me if he does that. <laughs> the full wide would be so smooth if he actually did that. But um, anywho, for Chris Carter and Brett Ratchler, I'm Austin Nelson. Uh, make sure you get us on Twitter again at Second and Victory. And uh, we are brought to you by Broadway Sports Media. As always, tighten up. Tighten, tighten up. up.